0: night in December, Andrew and Allegra are gathered together to plan a final episode of All Would You Look at the Time for the Year of Our Lord, 2019. The winter winds are howling at the moon. The lights upon the evergreen trees are tingling. for a traditional holiday escapade, is about to begin.
1: Okay, we're going to do one more episode by the end of the year because it has taken us way too long to make an episode. So let's get one more episode out.
2: Yes, I am glad you're saying this. I need someone to motivate me to really amp up production Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a great benefit of having you with me. So I think it's a great idea you you think we should do a Christmas episode.
1: I didn't ever that. <laughs> I did not ever have that idea.
2: <laughs> How can we not put out an episode in December and not make it a Christmas episode?
1: Okay, so first of all, it would be a holiday episode. we got to be non-denominational here. Not a Christmas
2: episode. A holiday episode!
1: But also... I am a total Grinch. You know this. I am not a holiday person.
2: I am skeptical about this. You you have celebrated the holidays when you were a kid. I bet you loved it.
1: Okay, first of all, I don't love anything, so no. Um, but also, so you know this, my mom... She's one thing. She's Christian. My dad is Jewish. So there's not a lot of overlap here. December is a very fraught time. So sometimes like we're really into Christmas and sometimes we're kind of into Hanukkah. And then other times no one even cares at all. And it was just exhausting. And now I'm just like a miserable holiday allergic Scrooge.
2: Did you lean at all into any one of the holidays growing up?
1: I just went by whatever had the better
2: TV specials.
1: That's what I was here for, to be honest.
2: Well, we can make our own TV special. We can get a big Christmas tree, or we can go see the Rockettes. No, you would not want to do that. I would not want to do that. We can make hot Dr. Pepper. (laughs)
1: No. Why is that a holiday thing?
2: Well, in the 1960s. Oh my
1: God, stop.
2: (laughs) Dr. Pepper would advertise its soda during the winter as a holiday beverage by just heating it up.
1: Happy
3: people in a fun situation. That calls for the perfect winter warmer. Hot Dr. Pepper.
2: There's an advertisement I found here. It says, for something different, devilishly different for the holidays, try Dr. Pepper, piping hot.
3: Just pour distinctively different Dr. Pepper into a saucepan till it steams. Put a thin slice of lemon in a cup and fill with piping hot Dr. Pepper. Hot Dr. Pepper makes the chilliest night cheerful. It's so appropriate when the group gathers for a good time.
2: And for those who want something special, try the Boomer. That's hot Dr. Pepper with a dash of rum. Enjoy hot Dr. Pepper often.
1: (laughs) I mean, I feel like this is kind of courting people like me who have no religion or holiday cheer. But we're not doing a Dr. Pepper episode.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that means a lot to me. So maybe we could try it sometime. Okay. But anyway, you really didn't like the holidays growing up?
1: Not really. I mean, it's just like... I don't know. I didn't know how to kind of explain that I can't get into the season. I just never had a reason to like be excited about the holidays. Like the main thing for me was I just felt like this was when I could watch TV and not shower and no one could yell at me because we had school off. And I would just be on the couch all day watching Nicktoons. And, yeah, I mean, we just never had any traditions, really, because that just wasn't a thing in this Christian Jewish black person, white person household where there was always drama.
2: Okay, but I do recall you telling me a story about how your family was in a local newspaper uh, called the New York Times. Yeah.
1: Small paper,
2: just a (laughs) Um, little thing. The article is called Where Divergent Cultures Meet. And your family was featured in this article in the New York Times about how you juggled these two uh, religions in your family, correct? I regret showing this to you
1: now. (laughs) (laughs) How old were you at the time? I think I was six.
2: This is from December 12th, 1999. Since her childhood a part of the Igbo ethnic group in Nigeria, rituals and ceremonies have been an integral part of Elizabeth Obi Frank's life. That's your mom. Yes. She grew up in a household that blended Western and African traditions, attended Catholic schools and celebrated Advent, Easter, and Christmas, as well as a village harvest, ancestor worship, and naming ceremonies. For Richard Frank... Your father, mm-hmm. Her husband, who grew up in Philadelphia, family rituals centered around the major Jewish holidays of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Hanukkah, and Passover, and his bar mitzvah rituals when he turned 13. This year, the couple's twin daughters, Alexa and Allegra, <laughs> little do people know that you have a twin yeah. sister, age six, are marking Hanukkah and Christmas, along with many other ceremonies that pay homage to their parents' varied ethnic heritage. So... <laughs> Okay,
1: well, you'll note that most of that that you read is about my parents growing up, Mm -hmm. not me. So it's like that part is lighter and not what I would call accurate.
2: Well, it says here, for Christmas, the family attends church services. Mrs. Obie Frank belongs to the South Presbyterian Church in Dobbs Ferry and exchanges cards and gifts, decorates a Christmas tree, and shares meal with friends and family.
1: We had no friends, so that was definitely not true. <laughs> did
2: you have a Christmas tree?
1: Yeah. Well, I was the one who wanted one.
2: Most of the time. So growing up almost every year. You, every Yeah, year?
1: I would say most years.
2: Yeah. Although their differences have potential to cause dissension, the couple strikes what Mrs. Obie Frank calls quite a delicate balance for the sake of our family. So you did have some sort of tradition growing up, right?
1: Well, I don't know if I would call any of that tradition.
2: Enough that the New York Times came to your house and (laughs) uh, asked you about it.
1: I don't know. I have a different memory of what went down that day.
2: And there's a, a really great picture from that article.
1: <laughs> there's a caption and it says, Elizabeth Obie Frank and Richard Frank with Alexa and Allegra light the first Hanukkah candle. The family also exchanged cards and gifts. So this one is my dad, yeah, lighting. We had a menorah that was actually kind of dope. It was like an African menorah that my dad got. So it was like maid's in some African country. I'm not sure where. So I guess that was kind of a cute blending. Oh, cool. So my dad is helping my sister light the first candle and my mom's helping too. And then I'm just in the background looking like I'm not supposed to be there like an accident in the photo where it's like you develop and it's like this wasn't there in person. (laughs) So the thing is like I was the one who really liked these things. No one else. I mean, I think it's also like to be real for a second like my family my parents got divorced when I was eight and before that you know things were already kind of trying so we didn't really stick to things like that because it's like there were other concerns to focus on so I was very much like I like to have like control and expectations and I need to know what's going on and I want there to be some kind of tradition to foreground us But my family wasn't really all about that life. So Mm -hmm. we didn't really do that stuff. I don't remember the last time we lit the menorah. Yeah. The thing is, I don't even remember these pictures. I don't really remember what we might have done before. I was six, you know? So maybe we should talk to Elizabeth. Her mom. And see what the real deal was. Let's do it. So, Andrew, I'm here with you, but we have a special guest. Mm-hmm. My mom.
3: Hey. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hey, folks. <laughs> hey, folks. Hello. How's it going? It's going quite well. Thank you. How yeah. are you guys doing? Yeah,
1: very well. Oh, well, I guess we're very well.
3: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
1: So we wanted to talk to you because Andrew and I have been having not, not a debate, not really that. But I'm not big into holidays. Andrew loves the holiday season, and he's trying to get me on board. And Mm -hmm. he used something against me that I think you might remember. It's an article that was in the New York Times from 1999. Do you remember this?
3: Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I remember that article. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So Andrew wielded that against me as evidence that we did a lot more holiday stuff than I claim So we had to go back to the source, and that is you. (laughs) What do you remember from this article?
3: I I believe it was an article that Elsa Brenner wrote on divergent cultures, how families that come from divergent cultures celebrate the holidays. And we were one of the three or so couples that they interviewed. And they interviewed us because your father is Jewish and I'm Christian. And they wanted to know, you know, how do you guys manage to bring your different religious backgrounds into your family life, especially during the holidays. So we agreed to do it. We thought it would be a good thing to do. And it was, it, it was interesting. So she interviewed us and, you know, Richard, your father spoke about his own Jewish upbringing. I spoke about my Christian upbringing, which is actually quite mixed because I grew up in a house where we celebrated both Western and African culture. And, you know, there were traditional things that we did in my father's hometown that blended with the Christian you know, beliefs that we had. And so I already had that exposure to blended a holiday celebrations. So when, naturally, when I got married to a Jewish man, it seemed like a, well, an easy segue into incorporating the Jewish holidays with my Christian background. And you know, tried, we made the best of it um, and tried to make it something that was not only sacred, but also something that was fun for you and your sister.
1: Yeah, well, so for me, part of the article that I was, like, iffy on is the specifics of how we were... So this article is, like, during Hanukkah, so it was describing what we do for Hanukkah. Like, you have this ceremonial plate and all this stuff that I don't remember because I don't even really remember doing Hanukkah, you know, on an annual basis. I don't remember us having any specific, like repeated traditions that we did. So how do you remember us celebrating the holidays every year?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, I I think memories are very interesting thing. I, you know, you could show people two scenes or two scenarios and they'll remember it differently. Um, I would say, yeah, we did celebrate Hanukkah. Now, whether the ceremonial tray or plate, I, I think that wasn't entirely accurate. Maybe it, there was some confusion in in wanting what was shown in the picture to reflect what we were actually doing. No, there's no need for us to have a ceremonial Right, because when we celebrate Hanukkah, we like those, we liked the menorah, right? Um, so I, I and you guys got your guilt. and I, I know that that was something that we looked forward to because we knew you and your sister would like to get you a little Hanukkah gift for those length of the time that we celebrated it. And, and yes, we actually did light those menorah, even though you don't remember it understandably, but we did. Um, I, I know the joke we've had, you and I, is the fact that because it happened once a year, maybe, you know, the memory of it is not quite as vivid, um, but we did. Um, now, in terms of Christmas, I mean, Christmas, if you recall, I was a Sunday school teacher at my church, and I took you guys um, to church, and you were both of you were angels in the Christmas celebration, so, you know, we we did that. Do you remember being an angel in the Christmas celebration? Please don't have you forgot. I remember
1: it once very begrudgingly.
3: Yeah, begrudgingly you fought it, but every year, (laughs) that was part, and we, we, we had a Christmas tree, and we tried to celebrate it in our household the best we could. Now, whether it's an exact depiction of what the Times article shared, um, well, uh, I think, you know, one always takes, what do they call it, the license, right? Maybe there's some license there that was taken, but, we, we celebrated them. Yeah, we did. But my daughter chooses to remember it differently. <laughs> uh, I, I guess, you know, look, I would say she remembers it differently because maybe we, we weren't blowing trumpets or there wasn't any kind of bombastic, you know, expression of this. It was all kind of, you know, easygoing, laid back. It's the holidays. Let's enjoy it. No big drama. We weren't doing any kind of circus activity. No, it was it was simple, just like, you know, we're a small family. So we celebrated it like small families do. Yes. And at one point in my life, I wasn't big on holidays. Yes. So so maybe my daughter is going through my experience or was going through my version of it. I don't know.
2: Well, what advice would you give Allegra then since you kind of got back into the holidays after after that?
3: Well, um, I I would say probably to just go back a little bit to the time when I, and I told this to my children, when I came to America, I came to America alone. I didn't come with my family. So all of my family, my parents, my siblings were, um, were either in the UK or they were in West Africa. And so I was here pretty much by myself. I mean, I was here with my brother, but at some point he also left and went back home after my father passed away. And so the holidays were, you know, a sad time for me because I spent it on my own. I got invitations um, from friends to come and spend it with them, but most of the time I would just say no because I just felt like I didn't want to impose on their own family gatherings. So it was a sad time for me. And I think what changed was my getting married and having my own children and recognizing that, well, look, you know, you have kids now. You need to make this know something that they would grow up to enjoy doing for their own families at some point. Um, so I, I think that was the impetus for me to kind of shift my mood about the holidays. And <laughs> so is your advice efforts.
1: that I should get
3: married? <laughs> um, well... <laughs> Since Andrew asked, I say, yeah, girl, you need to get married and get some kids, and then you will have your holidays. via a cheerful thing. That's just one advice. My other advice is just, you know, find the good things that you can enjoy during the holidays. I mean, one thing that I know has helped me a lot. And this is to answer both of your questions. One thing that's helped me a lot is that during the holidays, I actually make the effort, and I think Allegra, you might remember this, that I go into the city, I go to Rockefeller Center, and I like to look at the lights. There's something about being around those lights that inspires me, that cheers me off. So I would say if there's advice I can give Allegra to answer, Andre's, you know, find things that cheer you up and use those things to help you um, celebrate the holidays, even if you don't want to specifically celebrate you know, what others are, are doing. Just you know, the company of good friends, going to a great movie, you know, going to see the lights. Um, you know, find, find things that give you joy and let those things help you find the joy that others see during the holidays.
1: I think that's great advice. Thank you. All right, thanks lady. I'm sure I'll see you at Christmas.
3: Definitely.
0: And so Allegra and Andrew made their way to Rockefeller Center one night to gaze upon the magnificence of the 77 foot Norway spruce in the middle of the island of Manhattan. Both residents and visitors came together on the ice skating rink. Kerala sung from a pre-recorded tape through a nearby PA system. And the last full moon of the decade shined down, bringing a special glow and holiday cheer to all who witnessed.
2: Allegra, how did Rockefeller Center make you feel?
1: I was surprised that sort of maybe it's genetic or inherited or something, but I really liked it. It was really nice to see the tree and the lights and all these people there, but it wasn't super crowded because it was like a Wednesday or something.
2: I'm as crowded as I thought it was going to be. <laughs>
1: I was thinking of how, like, for me, a big part of it, right, is I didn't really have a very stable, other than not even having, like, really specific hardcore traditions. We didn't even necessarily have, like, a predictable, okay, everyone's going to be here for dinner and this is what we're going to do that day, even, like, something very low-key like that. So that always was part of what bothered me. But my mom, too, I think I should try and follow more of her lead because, Like she, as she was saying, came from, you know, a foreign country here and was trying to find her own family, then started her own family, then had to kind of start over on her own and has moved a bunch of times. So she herself has tried to, like, restabilize herself many, many, many times in her life and has done a good job of it. Like now, apparently, she goes to the lights every winter, which I don't think she does. But, like, that's a new thing for her that she has found some joy in. So I should try and respect or follow that model a little bit more instead of being like, well, I didn't have any traditions when I was three, so I guess I'm just going to suffer forever, which is very much what I do.
2: Yeah, I think your mom was right in finding those traditions, you know, because your life changes and you need to adapt to the way your life is now as an adult. And maybe it's you have to find these new traditions in the holiday season. Thinking about that reminded me of our friend Maria, who participates in the Christian tradition of Advent, which starts you know, December 1st all the way through Christmas. You're kind of just preparing for Christmas time, preparing for the little baby Jesus to be in a little manger. <laughs> but she didn't always participate in Advent. So this is kind of a newer thing since she's been in New York. And I thought she would be a good example for how to have a new tradition in your adult life for the holidays. Whether it's religious or not. So yesterday we went to her house Mm -hmm. and we asked her all about this and we recorded it. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We are in... Mario's apartment, uh, right next to this beautiful Christmas tree, and the cat just, uh, what's your cat's name? It's Benzo. Benzo.
4: <laughs> Not my cat, for the record. Yeah, your, your roommate's, <laughs> cat, roommate's uh, cat,
2: Benzo, is very adorable. Okay, Back to you. Well, first of all, would you say you are a holiday person? No. No. Uh, yeah, well, I, I know, I know, I know,
4: I know. When you asked me to be on your show, and then you were like, oh, Mari is a holiday person, I was like, actually... I'm not a holiday person. I do love Jesus. And so this specific like holiday to me is important because obviously it's like the coming of Christ. I mean, but my favorite holiday is Easter because it's like with the, I mean, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is like the most important sort of moment of my life. So therefore like that matters above all else. But I actually like holidays make me really sad because I didn't, like you, I actually didn't have, like, holiday traditions. So, like, for instance, like, it was so funny because um the day that you asked me to do this, I was at a community group. um And they were going around talking about, like, their favorite holiday traditions. And I literally was, like, so sad for it to get Aww. to me because I I. it. I hate holiday tradition, not hate them. I didn't grow up with a holiday tradition. Like, I'm not really close to my family, and we didn't really do specific things. And I also, like, we also were very poor. And so because we were very poor and also not a very close family, like, holidays are anxiety-inducing because it's, like, expectations of gifts, like Santa. Like, I didn't – like, Santa Claus was something that, like, I never believed in because, like, my mom couldn't, like, play that, you know, trick, you know, whatever. But, yeah, if you're, like, a poor kid and you were told this guy comes for people who are good or bad and he never comes to your home – Your mom does not play that ruse, you know.
2: You mentioned the Advent and, like, the ties to kind of the church community you have Mm -hmm. in Brooklyn. And I know, like, you and I are friends, so we've talked about how, you know, you have uh, a lot of friends who go to church with you and Mm -hmm. in that community. Do you feel like that has changed the way you uh, celebrate the holidays because you have that community?
4: Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know that, like— uh, there was an Advent season growing up. Like that was never discussed. Like my mom was Christian. My dad was Muslim. Um, my dad sort of left the picture, um, when I was in middle school. So my mom raised me in my more like a teenage years. And like, we never talked, I never knew there was like a, waiting period. I always kind of felt bad for my mom. Like the more, when I was younger, young, when I was like, you know, in middle school or like, you know, in elementary school, I didn't have that guilt. You just wanted something. My mom would get me those things. But as I got older, realizing that like, having to buy those gifts from me, for her, meant that she would have to work like multiple back-to-back shifts. Like the asking felt like there was more gravity to it around Christmas time. But now that I have a church community, Um, there's no, like, expectation to, like, give gifts to any specific person within the church. There are things that we do around the holiday season when it comes to, like, we are, we have this um, group within our church called Single Moms of Brooklyn, and we did, like, a coat drive around the holidays specifically because it obviously gets very cold in the city. My church had their holiday party earlier this week, and it's just, like, this fun, very, like, you know, like, they do it at this bar and, like, everyone on staff at the church like dresses up and it's very cute and they do Christmas (laughs) karaoke and it's like very it's a very cute time you know we don't we don't my church isn't a production like we are again like an independent church like we're not funded by like some larger church so I like that element that like it is an easier way for us to say hey like we need funds for these things for the next year like will you give so
2: yeah it is the time for giving if, if any time of the year
4: yeah, and it's also in New York City, I think, being the coldest time of the year, I'm much more aware of it. It is a good time to tap into, like, what your own, what you think are your limitations are in terms of giving. I think, especially during the season when you're buying gifts for, like, I don't have a lot of people to buy gifts for. Like, honestly, like, there are a handful of people. Like, again, like, I write more, yeah, I just I just don't have a lot of gifts to get to buy. But it does make you think of, like, okay, what is that extra amount that you actually do have? And in this season where people are already spending so much money buying so many gifts, like to investigate your finances in that way of like, what can I give to someone else? To me is like really empowering. And I also acknowledge that like, there are people who, uh, it's it gets lonely. I, I am a person who knows how lonely the holidays can feel. So I think like acknowledging that loneliness, knowing that I have a community of like church friends, of work friends, of friends, friends, of roommates who like love me and who I love, And I have that community, even though I get, like, lonely a little bit when it comes to the family stuff. Like, I want to, like, give that same sort of happiness to other people. So when someone who's homeless or something says, like, happy holidays to me and we have a conversation about something, that's more impactful right now at this moment because I know that they're probably feeling very lonely and, like, seeing people with shopping bags and things like that, like, must make them feel, like, less than...
2: So what are your plans for the holidays?
4: I'm going to spend Christmas with my best friend, Karis, and her family in Dallas, Texas. Um, That's actually where I grew up. I'm from Ethiopia, but I spent my um, elementary and high school years in Dallas. Um, So I'm going to go spend Christmas with her, and that's kind of like my tradition now every year as I go spend Christmas with another family. And I've realized, like, I get so excited about spending time. And again, like, I hate, like, I'm so, I wish I was more cheery for you. I feel like this is (laughs) not the the thing that you wanted. Because my favorite time about spending time with other people's families for Christmas is, like, seeing how families bond. I love, love it. So I think, like, even though I didn't have those bonds, like, usually I spend Christmas or the last few Christmases I spent with my uh, friend Kara and her family, like, because her brothers and her sister and her dad, like everyone's home and we're just in this home and we're like, we cook breakfast, lunch and dinner. We have every meal together. There are games in between we do puzzles there's a puzzle her family loves loves puzzles <laughs> and I love the puzzles that they love I didn't love puzzles until I went to play puzzles with them and mm-hmm. they play Catan they taught me how to play Catan and it was just so fun I think like that to me like being a uh, being into it I think like I get cynical because I didn't have it but when someone invites me into their home and lets me partake in their traditions like there's nothing more loving to me.
2: Yeah your face really lit up when you're talking about <laughs> it it's really sweet. What'd you get there, Andrew? Let's
0: see it. Hold it up. Batman! Oh my God! How did that? How did you get that? At last, Allegra and Andrew ventured back to the studio to collect their thoughts. Is mere holiday cheer strong enough to thaw the icy enamelled hearts of the forgotten children of Christmas? Or will the blizzard of time trap the forsaken into a snow globe of my humbug in lost dreams?
2: Okay, I think it's pretty obvious that, like, each person has a different holiday tradition,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and we just had to find you, the one that would fit for you. Right. Yeah. And after talking to Maria, I realized how much I took traditions for granted. Mm-hmm. I think it's really clear that the reason I really like Christmas is because I did have those traditions. You know. Yeah. Like every year we'd go to my grandma's house and we'd open presents on Christmas Eve and uh, we'd listen to Christmas music when we set up decorations at home. So it, it's like, there's that privilege there of having those memories and how I, you know, it's very easy for me to like the holidays. But, you know, I realized that while we are looking for your holiday tradition,
0: realize mm-hmm.
2: realized that this show is the holiday tradition.
1: Wow the <laughs> the show we're still recording right now.
2: Yeah you know this this show is your family. so I wanted to of course get you a gift for Christmas because
1: that's what family does. Yeah
2: right? So let me go get my gift for you.
1: okay Under the tree.
2: Yeah, I put it under my tree. Um, so here's here's this gift I got for you. Okay
1: I'm so excited.
2: Yeah, open it right there. Oh, and you put my name on it! Yeah. Oh, because you have so many
1: things under your little tree. (laughs) You had to know which one was mine. Alright, let's see what this is. Ugh! It's a bottle! Let's see what the bottle is. It's in all this bubble wrap. (laughs) You really wanted it to be a nice sound oh it's hello kitty soy sauce it's so cute i do love hello kitty and it's this extra fancy and it's special edition and it's a pink bottle Mm -hmm. i wonder if the soy sauce is pink i don't think so (laughs) that would be dope
2: But yeah i saw hello kitty soy sauce and i thought it was perfect for you
1: oh thank you that's so cute i just really like this bottle yeah i want to keep the bottle even if I finish the soy sauce, you know? And also, I don't have soy sauce right now. Yeah. So that is very helpful. Thank you, Andrew, that's so nice. You're welcome. Okay, well, I also got something for you that I feel like you've been dreading.
2: (laughs) There's a big package over here Yes. that I saw you wrap, but I didn't see what it was.
1: Yes, you watched me wrap it.
2: And I'm very, because I just (laughs) got you a bottle of soy sauce.
1: (laughs) Well, this is really a present for you and me and the show it's not it's for everybody
2: okay all right okay let me
1: it's big it's a little heavy too
2: yeah it's about let's see i would say for for people at home the size is about maybe a 30 uh 30 inch tv size maybe less than that (laughs) 30 inch tv all right so i'm gonna (laughs) open it up here a lot of things to unwrap. And uh, so I <laughs> unwrapped it, and it's what was uh, I saw before, which is just the box. So I still need to open that part.
1: There's plastic upon plastic upon cardboard
2: upon plastic. Did you get to see what this was when you picked it up?
1: Oh, yeah. No, I actually don't know what I got you at all. This <laughs> is like, take some money.
2: Okay, now I got to the box part. <laughs> I think, almost. And
1: I think the thing itself is also wrapped. I didn't wrap any of that, basically.
2: up the back of a canvas <laughs> and I'm turning it over Let's see. really
1: you're scared, scared. why <laughs> wait before you flip it over I want you to search your feelings why are you scared
2: because I I fear that it is um <laughs> too nice of a gift
1: why do you fear that I don't know okay well don't worry about it
2: well okay turning it over oh <laughs> my god oh my god it is a someone illustrated me at a talk show desk with all oh, would you look at the time as the logo and allegra is in the guest spot and uh, there's an open box of pizza and a hippo with a salad book hippos are my favorite animal uh and a bottle of french dressing <laughs> Uh, this is absolutely amazing. This is who. So who's the artist? So this is my
1: friend. Her name is Braun. And she, if anyone follows me on Twitter, she did my Twitter icon. Also my Slack icon. So she's my friend.
2: Oh my gosh. She's
1: this cartoonist.
2: Yeah. Wow. This is amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also got you one more thing.
1: Oh. <laughs> one more thing. Okay, Steve Jobs. Um. Here's another gift
2: that's also okay. for you.
1: It has my name on it again. Yeah. So we can confirm. All right, I'll do this side too. The thing about this is I'm bad at opening things. <laughs> also, you put a lot of tape on it. Oh, it's a shirt or something. Oh, it's a sweatshirt. Aww, late night. <laughs> this is so cute. Uh, what
2: does it say? It
1: says "Late Night University" and it has this um, logo. That says quality education since the late 1950s with the tv oh this is so cute and i love sweatshirts
2: yeah so this is you are an alumni of late night university <laughs> yes. we are now official talk show hosts and that is uh, your proof there thank you for coming along three episodes with me so far it's
1: been a lot of a lot of time yeah. in, <laughs> invested into three episodes
2: yeah that's true <laughs> half, half more than half a year i would say but yeah, this year was really great for the show, and uh, very happy to have you with me on on this journey. So, um, with that said, I just heated up two mugs of hot Dr Pepper. Yeah. And we can cheers to that. Yeah, um,
0: baby.
2: Happy holidays to everyone listening, and happy New Year to all, and to all a good night. Good night, folks. <laughs>
0: See you next year.